Yep. Episode two, um, chap chapter, possibly two, I guess. Um, yes. Although there's quite a bit before. Um, risk. Now, yeah. What? What? Why? Why do we have to worry about risk? Um, and I tell I tell you why I asked that. I'm um the, I I care very little about risk. Mm. Um. And I think it's it's valuable to, to discuss and consider, but I'm always very conscious, may, maybe just from, from, from my personality, that if I over-consider risk, um, I may stop, um, or it, it may cause me to not act on something that I think might be worthwhile if I overthink it. And analysis paralysis is, I'm yeah. quite, I think I'm quite susceptible to that, um, or I was many years ago so i just stopped that um so from 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 your mind why was risk an important chapter to put in um and what why why do we think we, we've given it such weight yeah i mean I, I put it in quite early because i think it's really important to sort of deal with that kind of up front because i think if if we try to sort of sneak it in at the end of the book people would go oh all right i've read all this stuff and it all sounded great and I'm all enthused and oh yeah brilliant and now oh yeah now you've reminded me right at chapter <laughs> it might not 40. all work <laughs> yeah just I'll oh, just just as a sort yeah, of a just yeah. to let you know guys um that's it and sorry away. sorry to interrupt I, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. despite what I'm saying I, I think it's really important to have it in there um no. I think it's important for for people to consider especially the type of people that we're going to be talking to and are talking to about yeah. setting up a micro business the risk is very apparent is very there and very real for yep. people so yeah I, I'm, I'm not being dismissive really I, I i understand why why we need and it's important to have it in there yeah i think it's just acknowledging that it, it exists as much as anything else and and dealing with it head on early on and saying look let's go into this with our eyes completely open there's no way i'm going to convince you that just by following either 10 steps 30 steps or 50 steps or whatever it might be that it's all going to be plain sailing it, it clearly isn't and I think it's important that we acknowledge um, and we don't hide it that there is risk in pretty much anything we do I think what I wanted to say really early on is really to get people to think about if you like their planning and their preparation and the work they've done before they actually make the leap not to put them off at all, but just to say, please don't go in this into this naively thinking that some idiot who wrote a book is going to give you the answers to everything. And don't worry, um, it'll be fine. You know, it's like, oh, we've read all these stories. Um, how many people really, really get right to the top? It's it's a really small number. So I wanted to to be just honest with people to think that I mean it's a bit like I mean I, I take an example of say the um you know an x factor or one of these sort of uh, any of these talent contests or anyone who makes millions as a as a rapper or a rock star or whatever it's great to see all these shows that you know become a rock star become a pop star become a comedian whatever and it's the route to success the fact of the matter is it's it's one in a million people or one in a billion people will achieve and, that. Yeah, and I think it's important. And it's just being honest. Yeah, I, th I think it's important to recognise actually that the data on business success or, or lack thereof and failure is is astonishingly crystal clear. M most businesses fail. 
within yeah. the first three to five years. Loads don't make it out of year one. Yeah. Thousands more don't make it out of year two. And it, the, the, the data gets worse and worse as those years go on. I saw, I, I saw an, an interview a year ago, I forget who it was with, um, but there's only two, uh, as an example, um, two car makers in the US that have ever not gone bankrupt in all of mm. history. And that is Ford and Tesla, <laughs> strangely. Mm. Two, two mm. car makers, given the, the history in American cars, um, there are only two and probably uh, Tesla aside, Ford is not symbolic of America, I would say. Um, there, there's only those two that have ever not gone bust. And that making business work, yeah, is, is incredibly few and far between unfortunately but it's, it's yeah. important that we highlight i mean it's it's, it's not to, it's not to want to put anyone off but it's just to be realistic that you know if you think you're going to start a small business whatever it is and you are going to be a, a household name and a multi-millionaire or whatever probably not uh, and that's not really what this book is about or even this program is about or this particular podcast is about it's just recognizing there are certain things that you can do to mitigate risk but also i think importantly really importantly in this day and age i think our views on risk have changed i think a good few years ago a risky option was starting your own business you know it's like oh no uh stick with what you know stick with the knitting yeah, google changed that yeah the internet changed that yeah, yeah exactly yeah. stay with what you know it's much safer you're getting a regular salary check um or it's whatever. Secure. Exactly. But the world did change and is continuing to change. And we are therefore looking at risk in a different way. And to some extent, for some people, the risk might be not doing something. It may be riskier not to do something. Now, I'm not talking necessarily about giving up your well-paid you know, corporate lifestyle and starting your whatever business. Yeah, quit, and quit your job it. and sell chutney by the side of the road. <laughs> exactly. But there is uh, there is that kind of hybrid option increasingly where, you know, whether you want to call it a side hustle or, a, or an evening, a weekend business, or just, you know, trialing something, I think, you know, it's it's almost about spread it, spreading your risk, if you like. If you're concerned about your corporate role and the risk of that then maybe you're actually helping to mitigate that risk by doing your own thing because my mantra might be what have you got to lose in this day and age when we've seen huge changes in in the world in society in in healthcare whatever it might be you you may not have the opportunities to do the things that you're thinking about forever and therefore, it's almost a, it's more a risk of not doing it and then kind of regretting it. So you need to weigh up the risks of what's the risk of me doing this versus the risk of, if you like, disappointment of not doing it and then regretting it and then saying, was it really a risk? I mean, how much was I actually going to risk my life or my my, my 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 existing lifestyle or my wealth or my money or my time or whatever. is it that much of a risk or is it actually just something that... is, is the risk in not doing exactly exactly that and and i think it, it's as i say it was important to address this really early on simply because i didn't want people to think 
well, he's not mentioned the, the downside of this whole thing. It's all very well in writing about this and that, and he's covered off. He thinks he's covered it all off, and it's all there. And oh yeah, but, but hang about, mate. You know, just get real. Um, that it's not as simple as that, and and it, nothing is. And I think that's the important thing in the whole approach is that these are a number of lessons. Um, they necessarily won't apply to everyone. And as I've said, and I'll say again and again, sometimes it's about getting you to think about those lessons or those learnings rather than just blindly accepting them. But it was really important quite early on to address risk as an, an issue and to say, well, think it through. But it, it's it's a, it's about that planning process, about that setup. What can you do to mitigate them? What can you do to reduce those risks that you might have? So it is all the things that we need to do in any business, which is 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 planning and forecasting and the dreaded R word, research, to actually suss out and understand your customers. What you plug in your could, own services, Paul. Yeah, I'm trying to do a bit of that on the side. Um, but seriously, all of those things, those business, basic business disciplines in terms of planning and forecasting and understanding your customers and understanding your market and getting close to potential customers and figuring out, it, it's almost like the what ifs, what could go wrong. And yes, you can't ever address every single one of those. But if you've thought them through enough in advance what you're trying to do is minimize them that's all you're trying to do is minimize the risk and everything there is you cannot eliminate it risk will never ever be eliminated if you're worried about a new business all we can try to do is minimize and focus on the ones that are more likely a to happen or b more likely to have a big impact on your business so for instance you know in this day and age if you're looking to export or import products from the other side of the world we know that there are things related to you know fuel costs and transport costs which have seen you know the cost of containers rocket so if you're basing all of your future prosperity on this crazy new brilliant business idea you've got to import something from australia you need to think through is there a different source or is that the best doing is this the best time to be doing it do we need to rethink the timing and it's all those sorts of things and it's not that hard but it, i think it's almost just mapping them out and just trying to figure out and it sounds so easy to say and it, it's much harder to do but to try and understand what the the, 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 the those key problems could be and then trying to, as I say, trying to minimise them is, is is really the basic message. I think so, and I think it plays into that. It, yeah, it's like I say for for me personally, I I try to ignore that that not ignore, but but have as little interaction with that as possible because I don't I don't want it to cause me to stop. But when you start in a new business or any new business, um, I, I think it's it's good to consider. Maybe I wouldn't term them term it risk then I, I i would always look at threats so things mm -hmm. that might get in the way and, and when you do a, a typical not that i've done one for a while but a typical swat analysis um in a business your your threats are what we would in this segment determine as risk and things mm -hmm. that might get in a way hold us back stop us from progressing so yeah it's important to consider those in advance um because then should they crop up, like you say, you, you, there's no way you're going to list them when you wouldn't want to list them, all that, that's where the pain comes in. Um, mm. 
but being aware of, of some of that in advance and having it in your subconscious, maybe not so much your conscious, but having it in your subconscious um, can, can really help you start off on the right foot, which is why I think it's, it's good that it's so early in the book for me. Mm. Mm. I think. Yeah. Yeah. So in the, in the, we, we look, we, in each of the chapters, we've got a to-do list and we've mentioned yeah. a couple already here, but if we were to look at, at risk, what kind of risk do we want to look at? You know, if, if we're to start our chutney business by the side of the road, what, yeah. what risk have we got starting? If I, if I make the most amazing chutney in the world, um, I know a man that does, I believe. <laughs> um, if I make the most amazing chutney in the world, what risk is there to me pop, popping a label on it and selling it at the side of the road? Yeah, good point. I mean, I, 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 just off the top of my head, I can imagine a whole a whole number of those things. I mean, I think one of the one of the things, you know, it's about supply and demand to start with. You know, if you are, whatever you're producing, um, have you got your supply chain sorted out in other words if you're purely reliant on i don't know you know blackberries or whatever it might be or you know i'm thinking about jams as well as chutneys but if you're thinking about you know purely forage fruits what happens when you know there's a there's a there's a there's a problem with those what about where are you getting your where are you getting your your raw materials from and what the cost what's the cost uh fluctuation likely to be on that because i think um, certainly in terms of, you know, anything in this day and age, we're seeing, you know, big changes in in certain parts of the, um, the economy and, and, you know, rocketing prices of things like food. And I think, you know, one of the things to think through would be, you know, what's your supply of your onion and your oils and your apple and your whatever other fruit you're putting in this, your, your, your plums or your whatever, um, is plum chutney how, a thing? How, sorry? Is plum chutney a thing? It needs to be. If it isn't, it yeah, really does need to that, be. That could go down quite well over here. Yeah. But you think we need to think through, you know, where are you getting that? That's where are you sourcing that from? And what's the likely that that's the first thing. And therefore, you know, what impact might that have on your whole pricing strategy? Because clearly, uh, you know, if you're if you're launching your new chutney range and you're calling it the five pound chutney range or whatever. Um, and then your prices rocket, then you can't, you, you, you may actually be a loss making five pound chutney business and you need to rebrand as the seven pound chutney business or whatever it might be. Just and then you're not, like yeah, it's, it's very quickly no longer a business, it's a very expensive hobby which, or charity. Yeah, which nobody wants. Well, some people yeah. might. I, do, I certainly don't want an expensive hobby. I, I've got expensive children, I, do, I don't need an expensive hobby. I think the other thing is obviously your scalability. I think it's one thing to be able to make half a dozen jars of chutney or a dozen jars of chutney. Um, is that scalable? And is that something you can actually do alone? Or are you and already starting to think about co-opting friends and neighbours and spouses, etc.? So how scalable it is, is it is, would be a, a, a thought. Uh, because I say it's one thing to sell half a dozen you know, jars at the local church fate. It's another thing to turn that into a online profitable serious and i think that that's where this whole the whole ecosystem of risk um 
and I'm calling it an ecosystem because it, it becomes a circular train of thoughts. So as you're considering risk, you'll you then move on to considering your scalability. And, and mm. that, that may only be as far as you say, like getting a neighbor involved or getting a friend involved or a family member involved. Um, but it, it, it for, not forces you, but it encourages you to consider that scalability and actually either give give you thoughts of doing a little bit more or saying actually no that that's the level i want to be at that's where i want this business to grow it needs to cover my monthly expenses cover an extra uh, more more a, a bit of a better lifestyle but but it, the the consideration of risk takes you to that thought then and so it becomes an ecosystem of thought around risk around the business and like you say things like scalability come into play then because with scalability there is inherently more risk so you are forced like i say not not forced but you are led to think about that and then how how that relates to your the wide your overall business the wider business and what your ambitions are with it yeah you there's going to be a nick point there's going to be a nick point at which there's only so many hours in the day and night that you can be making chutney in your own kitchen at some point if the demand escalates you are going to outgrow your your own home kitchen so do you then at what point do you make the decision that we actually got to outsource that or we've actually got to find commercial premises for that and then you've got the issues of actually was I close to my what was I close to my ceiling anyway was selling a hundred jars a month actually the limit or or is it that I can get to 500 and a thousand jars a month and beyond you know it's that sort of thing and that's why as well as the supply issues I think you need to think through the demand and understanding who it is who's going to be buying this and how you need to communicate with them. All that's part of the marketing thing, the marketing piece for want of a better mm. word, but actually understanding who it is that you're actually appealing to, because I think it's one thing to be able to sell a few jars of chutney at your, the local, you know, whatever it is, church hall, um, annual, annual village fete or whatever. It's another thing to turn that into something bigger but again it depends on what your ambitions are I think, ambition I think that's is, it and that, you know, that's why i think yeah it, it helps you to consider those things you, you're right the, the the few sales down the village fates is not really a business but no. the desire to do that in a more professional manner can can have some business-like traits to it but it helped the the overall this consideration of risk helps you to consider actually yeah how, how big do I want this thing to be and what do I want to what do I need to consider under the risks of scaling that a bit further doing a little bit more hitting a specific target when like you say whether it's 500 jars a month or five a thousand jars a month or whatever that may be it, it helps you to to consider what what it takes and what's going to be required to get you there yeah, there's also another risk factor, which is, will you actually enjoy what you're doing? Because you may enjoy making 20 jars of chutney once a week on a Saturday afternoon, listening to whatever's on the radio or catching whatever's on the TV. And that's just a fun thing to do. And you had this dream of like, wouldn't it be good to turn this into a business? And you know, we keep going on about jams and chutney, but just a nice, easy product for us to think about. But whatever you do, I think it's really important also to think through is 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 that you know, there's, a, there's a risk that you might turn something that's a bit of a 
fun hobby once it becomes a business is there a risk that you've kind of you know you've ruined it you've sort of spoiled it and you don't you won't actually know very easily unless you either properly kind of visualize and think it through um that or you've, you've got to give it a go but it's just a, another thing to think through that it sounds you know oh wouldn't it be great to turn my hobby into a business yes it would but then does that business then become such a burden on you that the the, the fun of the hobby actually goes away uh, yeah so, I, think, I think that's a really key key risk to consider i think for, like say for for me um i would avoid that thought uh, at all costs um because I, if i'm if i'd gotten when i've been passionate about something i would prefer to follow it and find out but i would mm -hmm. i i touch wood i think i've been lucky in that regard i've never felt burdened by those decisions other than my decision to follow a corporate career for 10 15 years um but put in, in from a business standpoint i've never i've never felt burdened by those but some people might some people may have the the, the, the kind of personality that causes them to go all, all, all in um too far in without stopping to to pause and still enjoy i, I think that's it being a practitioner, I, I enjoy that anyway. So it was never, it's never going to turn out badly for me. Um, mm. But so, some, some people need to consider that actually, like you say, we're using chutney as, as an example, because it, it's, we've discussed it in making the product. Yeah. Um, and I think it, it's easy for us to, to, to look at analogies around that and things to think about. But if we, if, if we use a dif different example, a joinery or shed building, that, that kind of thing, somebody could who loves woodwork, loves working with wood, and is a real artist, re really on the tools, may get lost in admin and paperwork and, and the building of a business and the building of sheds, wooden items, will quickly gets lost and they stop enjoying, they could stop enjoying that without sounding too doom and gloom about it, it's important to consider because the gap between 10 sheds a month and 20 sheds a month could be held to somebody could, could be really like actually 10, 10 getting to 10 makes me very comfortable, happy. I get to touch the wood, feel the wood build, but pushing that little bit further in, you almost then switch. There's, there's like you say, there's, there's a pinch point and you might've gone too far. So it's, it's really important to consider that because you yeah. don't want to get to that point. You'd rather this, stop at 14 sheds than, than push to 20 yeah. and feel throttled by, by the, the business side of it, which is horrible at times. I've been very fortunate. My, 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 I can dump a lot of things on my wife um, in, in that regard. You know, she's a, very supportive in that manner. So some, some people would plow ahead on their own and get really lost in the, the tax, uh, paperwork, invoicing, clients, managing those clients. It's, it's very easy to get sucked into that and, and hurt by that. And there's, we, you would, we would never want that for anybody. Nobody well, that's exactly that, that, the point I was about. I was, I was going through my mind as you were talking there was exactly that, that there may come a point that you actually recognize that whilst it's your business, you actually need a business partner. You actually need some help. And, it, and suddenly it, that can actually turn the whole thing around as well. And you think, I still want to do this thing that I love and I want to make a business of it. But the other stuff I've got to somehow find someone to help me with yeah. to take away that so I've still got the love and the passion for 
building sheds or carpentry, but I don't necessarily want the other stuff baggage that goes with it. So I think, again, this is almost about projecting, visioning, whatever you want to call it, planning, uh, projecting ahead and thinking through that is really, really part of the whole part of setting up your, your, your business, your venture, your micro business, and trying to really, really think ahead about, we understand the now, but how can I start to get my head around, you know, scaling this from, 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 from one to 10 to 50 to a hundred, what does that then look and feel like? And, and am I comfortable? And therefore it actually might be a matter of capping it and actually saying, I, my ambition is to get to that level, but I have no ambition to get beyond that. I, I, I want a micro business. I don't want an SME. And I, I, say, want... and I think for, for some people, just, just covering their monthly expense is, is done. Yeah. I, I tell you, I, years and years ago, I had on my whiteboard, not this one, it was a different one. It was in my bedroom. Um, my wife hated it. Um, but I had two, fig two figures on there. Um, I had a need to earn figure and I want to earn figure. I got that from somebody else. That's not my, those aren't my mm. phrases. I look like somebody else went through somebody's program or something years and years ago. I had a need to earn figure and I want to earn figure. And you know, when, when, when I got to the need to earn figure, I enjoyed that way more than passing the want to earn figure. I, and I passed the want to earn figure a couple of times uh, since, but that need to earn figure that covers my basics, it covers all bills. I'm, I can unbutton a, a, a collar button and breathe. Passing that that need to earn figure, which is not much for most people. It, it might be more by the end of the year with the way gas prices are going. But right now, that yeah. need that need to earn figure is not is not much. And just some people, you can sell enough chutney to get to your want to earn, need to earn figure. And I think for some people, that that's it. That that's where you would stop. And I think it's really, I think it's two things. I think it's good that we've got it in the book. Good that we're discussing it on this podcast. And yeah. I think I, I was, there's another question to this, but I think I've just had a thought as we were discussing it, that there's an instructional video that I would, I think we should add to the membership area. That right. After I click stop in a second, we, we, we will discuss. Um, I think it's really important that we would break down this, this segment here, risk, um, we've not yet got a worksheet for it. So I think there'll be a worksheet that's just come from this thought going into, yep. going into the product. Um, but I think we can really, really benefit people with, with discussing this, this further. Um, so unless you've got anything to add, I think we could wrap up there um, on today's podcast. Um, there will be, I think there's, there's a, a good chunk to come out of this. I think it's, we've, we've done really well. To, I, I like this. Um, should this be released to the wide world, this podcast, um, and you've, and anybody's listened this far, um, by the time you listen, the, there will be a, an explainer video and further worksheet in the membership area for this, because um, I think it's really important to consider. Paul, have you got anything to add? Just want to sum up risk of, of doing things, mm -hmm. risk of not doing things. There's risk of failure, but there's also risk of success in that what that success might look like and whether it actually takes over too much of your life. So those are a number of risks. The other obvious risk is obviously the financial risk that people usually think about. And I think we talk in the book of making sure that, you know, you, you may go into a 
micro business idea, new venture with the, with the, with the idea that you're going to make money. Remember, in the early months, you might be losing money short term yeah. in order to make money long term. So you need to make sure that when you go into whatever it is you do, you do actually have some financial backup, some some sort of financial reserves available to you. And that's really all part of the risk. And that's probably all I want to say on risk. So, um, yeah, thank, that's that's my sum up, really. Perfect. Thanks, Paul. Till next time. Goodbye. Good stuff.